ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the PC Regression Wrestling Podcast, the post show for Extreme Rules. I'm Elio and he's Ben. Ben, how's it going? Not bad, man. Not bad. I kind of low key. I kind of, I was like, I was like kind of resting before, before we did this podcast. So I still need something to wake me up here. Yes, well, uh, I I have caffeine at the ready, so I think we'll be good. Oh yeah, this one I got I got something to boost me up. Oh God, the <laughs> nerd. Oh Jesus! You know, you're only forty-seven, Elio. You're not eighty-seven. <laughs> no, they they were giving me this in the hospital to give me protein, but I I just like chocolate. Oh well, good enough. <laughs> I just like chocolate. So do I. So, so that, 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 that's why I drink. Otherwise, so. um. So okay, so that's how was your week? Uh, well, wrestling wise, it was um, it was very hit and miss because. Extreme Rules, um, you know, didn't do much for me outside of, uh, you know, the the tag and title match between um, the Prophets and um, the Usos and also the, um, the, you know, the main event up until they, they had that bullshit ending. So, um but then Raw, actually, um, I have to give credit where it's due. They had some really good stuff on Monday Night Raw. So um, we'll get into that. This is um, this is going to be one of those rare occasions where um, I don't have too many negative things to say about Monday Night Raw outside of the uh, normal stuff. But, you know, um, regardless, we're going to be honest and uh, – Make sure you're strapped in because we have plenty to get into right here on the Extreme Rules post show. So um, as soon as um, as soon as Elio gets done uh, boosting himself, <laughs> you need a booster seat <laughs> because we have a serious podcast ahead of us. I, I, told, I, told, you, I told you. I told you to keep talking while I do my stuff here, my. Exactly. So, um, um, so what we have here tonight, we have extreme rules. Raw. We can go back. Go back to uh, 1983, South Texas, South, South uh, West Championship Wrestling from Texas, and I'm gonna test my uh, co-host's musical knowledge because we're gonna have wrestling roulette. Oh, I'm gonna play five seconds of an entrance scene. He has to guess which wrestler it is. Oh, well, by and large, I think I should do very well with that. Keep in mind, I'm coming off of a very good week uh, trivia-wise, so hopefully I might be able to use that momentum. For those of you that missed the last episode, um, I don't know what you're doing with your life. It's for, it's available and ready for consumption, so move your ass. But um, at the end of that episode, um, I scored a clean sweep on the Eddie Guerrero trivia, so I was very proud of myself. But also, um, keep in mind, we have AEW themes and 
ECW, which I have to question that because um, the ECW themes don't sound like uh, the actual ones. You, you know how they have like these these albums with these studio mus- musicians playing the themes? Yeah, well, I mean, and, and ECW got in a lot of um, trouble for like copyright stuff because they use a lot of like uh, major uh, yeah, they, band they, music. They, they, they used Central Sandman for Sandman, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, and oh, what, what else did they use? I don't even, I only know Central Sandman. Um, oh god, they used I, a bunch I think, of stuff. Didn't, didn't they use um, a song by Prong or something? Snap your finger, snap your neck. Or I, I, I don't, I don't remember, remember that, so mm-hmm. I can't really say, but I, I do know. Based off of interviews from Paul Heyman, exactly what he said was, "Thank God, um, his his dad was a lawyer because he got sued more times than Martha Stewart." Damn. <laughs> well, I guess that's what happens if uh, Paul Heyman want, wants to be extreme, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he definitely uh, he definitely took that word to heart in more ways than one. All right, so. Um, Wait, didn't you have a busy weekend? Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, um, we had our uh, our latest Elite show this past Saturday night, and uh, we got some new blood in there, so that was that was fun. And then um, on Sunday, uh, I'm a Ravens fan, so I was very happy with uh, Justin Tucker setting the NFL record for longest field goal, which which got us the uh, victory as time expired. So I, I I was having a very good weekend between all the wrestling business and uh, football going well. So hopefully, hopefully my co-host doesn't spoil my mood. Very good. Why don't you say we get into this? Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, we're gonna have eight. I like I said, we're gonna have AEW. So we already ran everything down. Let's get into the Spanish Extreme Rules from Columbus, Ohio. So, um, actually, I broke my own rule, and I must apologize to you personally. Uh-oh. I actually watched the pre-show. I don't okay, know. So, so, so. I- I don't know what possessed me to watch the pre-show. Because by, 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 by the way, I said I was going to be on Sunday night. I wasn't on Sunday night. I decided to take the night off. I just couldn't, I, I couldn't get into it. I don't know. I just it's, well, it's, it's like after watching a pay-per-view, the last thing I want to do is uh, get, get on the computer and like do record a show. Well, I, I like 11 o'clock at night. Well, you you definitely had to be in the right frame of mind to do it, and uh, so you know it, it's just a matter of preference. I, no, I mean, but I think, it, it's it's like um, what time did the show finish roughly? Oh, it, it it was um, it was after eleven. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, it's like after eleven. The last thing you want to do is get online and then record a podcast that goes till like twelve thirty. Yeah, and that's what that's why we don't do the late night shows anymore mm-hmm. on uh, Friday nights with um 
rampage now being on. But anyway, um, so I was I was disappointed with the pre-show match. Oh, okay. Um, I thought that they had uh, potential um, to really um, to really put Liv Morgan over strong. And yes, she got the victory against Carmella, but it, I mean, it was just the match was so short. It's like, what are we supposed to do with this? Um, so actually, while I'm thinking about it, let me um, see exactly what the what the time was. Um, oh, they, they don't even um, actually hold on. I got, I got uh, it. I got, I got that right here. It was the time was seven forty nine. Yeah, so I mean, it was, it was okay, but like, I'm honestly like, I like Liv Morgan, but her hot and cold booking over the last several years, it's just like I want to get invested, but just knowing how they operate with her, I can't. You know, ever since they were running those um, old vignettes, uh, teasing the fact big, that big, she, big, big, big nets, big big nets, big nets. That's exactly what I said. You said big nets. <laughs> what, 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 what's a big net? <laughs> what kind of net is that? It's anyway. a big net. Anyway, it's just where I flip you off, you stupid. <laughs> anyway, um, so I wanna um I really wanna get behind Liv Morgan, but it's just kind of difficult because if you recall, she, she was actually, I believe, um supposed to be involved in the um Bobby Lashley and Lana wedding, and she actually was. Yeah, and then that, that that was killed right away. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, well that that didn't work. And then um, prior to that, they had you know they had vignettes um, with uh, with her in a bathtub. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? It was yummy. <laughs> okay, well I'm not gonna argue <laughs> with you there, but that's not what this podcast is about. Um, I think, um, I think this could be the start of something for Liv Morgan. Um, I certainly hope so. At the same time, I'm not holding my breath based on past behaviors by WWE. So, and then, um, the evening of the main card action, uh, Ben, this was weird. I don't, I don't know why we had this match. Yeah, it, it was very, um, very odd to your point. Um, because to start off the show, we had, um, well, first of all, before any matches took place, we had so, some very um, serious audio issues with Peacock. Um, Peacock has got to get their shit together, ladies and gentlemen, because on my um, live feed, we had Spanish commentary going over the English commentary, and then the Spanish commentary switched to French. What? 
Oh wow! I didn't, I didn't I didn't know that part. I only you only told me about the Spanish into the English. I didn't know about that Spanish into the French. No, and it was just it was just oh they bullshit. Oh my! Um, you know what I mean? And it, it's just like you know how many pay per views have we had on Peacock now? Um, since uh, they took over for the, the W for the WWE Network in the States. And it's just like every pay-per-view, there's some sort of problem. In August, that's when they took over, right? Um, no, because no, that, that's, that's when they said that everything would be um, would be bought over from the original oh, okay. WWE so, so, Network. So, but, so it was July, some, some June or July. So Yeah, some, something like so that. So it was but, about like about four pay-per-views, three or four pay-per-views already? I think a few more than that, but um, nonetheless, still, it, it's just every single time there's some sort of issue. And speaking of issues, match number one, to your point, Elia, was so random because it was the new day and, um, and Bobby Lashley or no, it was the New Day taking on Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omos. And it, it, first of all, I don't want to see Omos at all. He just he sucks. He's not like he's not uh, very good. I thought maybe uh, like he would get better after WrestleMania. Like WrestleMania, okay, that was his first match, so whatever. I'm not gonna say anything, but I think you would think that he'd get better after that. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, you either have it or you don't, and I just I don't see it from him. But having said that, I prefer to watch him over Nia Jax or some shit. Um. But uh, I'm not sure that's a compliment or an insult or an almost, but it's definitely an insult for Nia Jack's in-ring uh, capability because woof. Um, but anyway, you know, it, it's just okay. We we understand that there uh, there are issues between Biggie and Bobby Lashley now because. Um, because Big E cashed in the money in the bank on Bobby Lashley. But what does that have to do with AJ Styles almost being involved in this match? It's just, it doesn't make any sense because the way that this whole thing should have been booked with Big E winning uh, the WWE title in the first place is there should have been a storyline built up between the Hurt Business and the New Day, which culminated in uh, in Bobby Lashley versus Big E in a singles match for the title. But as we saw um, on Sunday night, the, um, the New Day, uh, the Hurt Business it didn't get back involved in anything until until Raw. So it's just like, okay, so now, now you want me to believe that they're going to have that feud now, and then 
but then what about the stuff between the bloodline and, and the you know and the new day? I mean, are are they setting something up for Survivor Series in November? I mean, that's a thought, but it's just as of right now, it just doesn't make any sense. It should it should have just been Bobby Lashley, you know, versus. Uh, you know, versus Biggie in a rematch, and then, but, and then, you know, and then you move on from it and build up something new on Monday night. But having said that, even though this match didn't make any sense, the payoff that we got on Monday was very, very good. This, okay. was, this was a good match. I'm just sick of seeing Biggie doing the stupid New Day crap. Like, get, they need to get the break this team up already. Well, I don't know if they're gonna do that now because they, um, they made such a big deal out of the emotions that were being felt by his New Day brethren. So why you wonder what emotions I'm feeling? What Some anger towards the New Day. Well, I, I I get that, you know, the the gimmick is just overplayed. They've been together point. for like seven years already. So no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. Um, but you know, it, it's just it is what it is. So, but it's important to note that um, this match um, wasn't even advertised in the first place. No, it wasn't. So, so and this is th- they they cut they cut Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. <laughs> well, I don't think that was ever booked for the pay per view in the yeah, first place. But nonetheless, no, that was booked. It was on the we ran it down we uh, on the prediction show. Oh, d- d- I'm I'm sorry, fuck, yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, you're, you're, oh shit, technical problems. Hold on. Uh, hang on. All right. Well, uh, my co-host is having his own match with his headphones. Let me uh, cover things here. Yeah, I'm back. Actually, right. um, <laughs> but sorry, I uh, my my head was exploding from the stupidity <laughs> of WWE not even paying attention to their own uh, card, but um. But okay, so everything turned out well coming out of Monday night, but it it didn't really it didn't really lend itself to a good start to the, to the pay per view with a six man tag that made no sense whatsoever. Um, next, okay, so next match in next match we had the Usos against the Three Profits for the tag team championships. And this match, to both teams' credit, was one of the highlights of the night. Yeah, this, 13 minutes and 45 seconds. This was very, very good. I have no complaints about this whatsoever, um, other than the fact that the ending was very predictable, but I'm willing to give them a pass on that because with everything that's been going on with the bloodline, you knew that the Usos were never going to lose those championships 
uh, let alone lose them at Extreme Rules. So I get that. Um, and then match number three. This was a good match, but the ending was stupid. Come on, stop. Okay, now if we can if we can run it back just briefly to the Extreme Rules Go Home edition of Monday Night Raw. Oh, that was bad. Come on. Okay, that which was terrible. Yes. But the segment that I'm referring to Alexa's um, playground, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That was bad. It, yeah. And um <clears throat> okay, uh, so we're, oh god, I love my girls' night. <laughs> what? Yeah, we're we're on, we're on the same page here. So um that segment ended with Charlotte Flair ripping off Charlie's head. Um because you'll you'll remember that Alexa Bliss uh presented her Charlotte with her own doll dubbed Charlie because she said that even a bitch like you deserves a friend or something, you know, something along those lines. Even even a narcissistic bitch like you deserves a friend that deserves happiness. I, I mean, it's just, okay, anything we can do to move this along and get to something more interesting. Um, because, you know, I'm a grown man and I'm not interested in a feud that, re- that revolves around a fucking doll. Thank you. Um, no, the match was fine. It's just that that ending was so bad. Yeah, exactly. And 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 the, do you know something? Uh, she she messed up where she had that uh, cap in her mouth, and she was supposed to. It was supposed to look like she was foaming. Yeah, and um, and yeah, it just came off looking like really bad. It looked it looked like a dissolving tic tac. I, you know, it was, it was just bad. And, you know, everything about the women's division right now is just terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I hate it. Um, you know, and the, the, thing, the thing about it that pisses me off the most is... You know, if you if you go down the women's roster of WWE, it is amazing, and yet this is what they're doing with it. So it's just like, what the hell? You know, you should not be putting on skits like this. You know, I would. You know, Elio, the thing is. When Bray Wyatt had this gimmick that that we can both agree has been given to Alexa Bliss, when Bray Wyatt had it, it worked until they fucked it up at um, Hell in a Cell 2019. Please don't make me go on that rant again. <laughs> it's in it, it's in it's in the annals of our show. You know, just go back and look for Hell in a Cell 2019, and it's all there for you. Um, but, um, you know, but since then, it's just been an absolute clusterfuck on crack. I was, I, I was, well, that's my question. Um, and, um, and the thing is, 
why would I care about why it's gimmick being given to Alexa Bliss when they didn't even handle it right with Bray Wyatt? You know, it's just like, why am I supposed to care? And the last time that I gave a shit about Lily was right before uh, she had that backstage segment where she was scaring Shayna Baszler in a fucking mirror. Yeah, what happened to that? You know, and, and I'll tell you what, that took place on my birthday this year, and that was the worst birthday present I've ever fucking received. That was absolutely terrible. Um, so, any, like I said, anything we can do to move this feud along and get past it, I'm good because, you know, I'm, my Hasbro days are finished and I'm not interested in action figures. I'm not interested in dolls. I'm certainly not interested in Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss. Jesus Christ, make it stop. Uh, next, we have the United States Championship. Damian Priest defeating Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. This was another good match. Yes, abs- absolutely. Um, but having said that, Damian Priest and Sheamus on Monday Night Raw was so much better. And we'll get into that very quickly um, when we get when we move on to the Monday Night Raw review. The the next one I don't need I don't really know what to say about this one uh I didn't I didn't like as much as I thought it would Bianca Belair defeating Becky Lynch by DQ Sasha Banks making her return. Well, and look, I think I think that if it was anybody else pulling that off, and that's how they ended it after all the shenanigans at uh, SummerSlam. I think I would have been pissed off. Um, but in my book, Sasha Banks can get away with anything, especially as a heel, uh, because she is that good. So I think I think had that situation been executed by anybody else, I would be ripping it apart. And I know that I know that that's not necessarily fair that I'm giving Sasha Banks a pass. But it's just you, you have to remember that she was the one that was scheduled to compete at uh, SummerSlam in the first place. And it was because of the fact that she couldn't that um, Becky Lynch was was brought in to, to turn heel in the first place. Did you did you catch her new name? What Becky Lynch's? Yeah. What big time Bex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they can they can fuck all the way off with that one. I, I hey, the- you know what line comes to mind? Okay, I, I heard this line on 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 a TikTok video I saw. It goes what like that? That. it goes basically you can go that way for a while until you fuck all the way off. <laughs> exactly. And, um, <laughs> you can just tell them to focus. Fuck right, off. Right. Fuck off because you're stupid. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Focus is going to be the title of this podcast. Just make sure you put dots in between the letters. 
But that's going to be the title of the podcast. <laughs> Write it down, bitch. I don't have to. I have. I already have it written down. Uh, okay. Because if that's not the title of this podcast, I'm going to be messaging you when you put it up. But anyway, don't you love? Don't you love our think tanks that we get on on this show? This is great. Um. So yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a bad uh, match. At no, the match all. itself wasn't bad. It's just um, maybe, maybe this was, maybe it was uh, the whole Alexa thing that just like took me out of pay per view for a while because I was I got I was taken out of that match, but I was getting into the Damian Priest, and then after that, it's like, oh. Yeah, I, I you know I don't understand it at all, and then. The the main event really pissed me off. Okay, after the fight, I didn't have a problem with the whole uh, the ending. I have, what I have a problem with is that top rope breaking. How does that top rope break? Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. But let's <laughs> let's get into let's get into the actual whole thing just so you can paint the most um, uh, complete picture. Okay. Okay. So. <sighs> So the match before the fuck finish was fantastic. Oh, they, were, they were killing each other, especially uh, when uh, Finn pulled out the, that handful of candlesticks. Yeah, and then did you notice the little touch when when uh, Roman Reigns put put the mask on before he went into the crowd? Oh, uh, is it what the commentator said? Yeah. Yeah, I said Roman. Roman doesn't want to smell the people. <laughs> exactly. Well, he was actually doing it for his own health reasons, but yeah, it, it played off. No, I just, I just fantastically. Like the covered, yeah, the way they covered it up. Yeah, it played off fantastically into his heel character. So I really enjoyed that, and um, and the whole the whole thing just was going very very well, and then and then. Here come the Usos. Don't, don't worry about it, Elio. I'm, I'm getting to it. I know exactly what happened. Like I said, I'm just painting the whole picture. Yeah. So here come the Usos, and then shit really starts to hit the fan. Right? Because obviously they come to save Roman's ass. Uh, Finn fights him off, and it really seems like Finn is getting the upper hand. And then, you know, the lights go out after Roman hits. I believe he hit a spear okay. to, to cut off Finn's comeback. I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, he hit the spear, and that really uh, ended the initial rally for Finn, if I remember properly. Um, and then after that, the lights go out. And we hear the, 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 you know, from, you know, the, the demon's entrance theme. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, the lights come back on and they we're bathed in red light here, people. And, and literally the demon starts convulsing on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a problem with this part because I'm into, I'm into all that sci-fi stuff and whatever. But, but still, it, it was late. Okay. So then after 
It looks lame, but I'm willing to give the I'm willing to even give that a pass because I think it was meant to come off like the demonic possession. Yeah, and that, that, that's how that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like he was like being possessed, and like that brought him back to uh... right and be, and and look. That is stupid in and of itself, but given the fact that he's the demon Finn Balor, I get it. I'm willing to give that a pass. Okay, I'm not. I'm not all the way unreasonable. I'm not just saying fuck it for the sake of for the sake of saying fuck it. But this is where I get legitimately pissed <laughs> off. Okay, so he comes back to life. You know. Whether it be for whatever reason, demonic possession, divine intervention, whatever you want to call it. Keep this, like, don't keep doing this, like, every time, though. Like, keep it, like, for uh, pay-per-views pay, pay like this. Exactly. Yeah. No, I like the way WWE has handled the demon character because they haven't overplayed it too much. So I yeah. like that part. But then, you know, so he comes he comes back in, does the whole comeback thing after being resurrected, whatever. And then he gets on the top rope to hit the coup the coup de gras. And then the, the, the stupid shit just just hits the gr- hits the ground. How much is I have a question, how much is Finn Balor weigh? One hundred and eighty pounds. How does a one hundred and eighty pound man break the rope? <laughs> Somebody give this man an award for asking that question because that was the exact question that was running through millions of people's minds watching this bullshit unfold. So you mean to tell me and part pardon pardon me, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm gonna go on a very facetious rant. I understand that this sounds stupid because it is stupid, but just allow me to to entertain you with my wrath, okay? So, you expect me to believe that after being resurrected, of all things, a rope is going to break because it can't support the weight of a 180-pound man. Are you kidding me with this Bush League bullshit? So you you mean to tell me that we're going to have some sort of religious entity help Finn Balor come back to life, and then that same religious entity is what is going to come down and strike that top rope off of its hinge and help Roman Reigns win the match? I mean, come on. Okay. It's, it's like I said. I get the whole demon coming back to life thing. Did I think it was stupid? Yes, but I get it, okay? But the the way that this rope break thing was handled, it just came off so stupid. It was a very bad ending to what was a pretty decent show going into that because you had the... You know, you had the the United States triple threat, which is very good. Um, you had the tag team title match, which was fantastic. 
you know, the, the, the Usos and the Street Profits can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. And then you have it, what's shaping up to be an awesome main event. And then you have the rope break because it can't support the weight of a 180-pound man. I mean, how pathetic. Take, take away all that supernatural outside stuff. How pathetic does that make Roman Reigns look? That's bad. That the only way he can beat a 180-pound man is because of a rope malfunction? I mean, this isn't, you know, Justin Timberlake and fucking Janet Jackson at, at the Super Bowl having a wardrobe malfunction. This is a professional wrestling match, and you end it with that bullshit? I mean, come on. And then, but... Having said that, let me play devil's advocate, um, a la Paul Heyman, right? So the only way that they can make this bullshit make any kind of sense is if it comes to is if it comes to fruition that it was Paul Heyman that undid the um, the top rope. That would make sense. That would make sense. If they don't do that, this whole thing is just bullshittery to the nth degree. And and if if they don't explain this away in that exact capacity, then they just did their fantastic main event a drastic disservice. This because this reminded me of like the this honestly reminded me of the segment with Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler. This, the way it played out was just complete bullshit. You know, I, I, I didn't like that at all. So that took the grade, the overall grade of the Extreme Rules pay-per-view way down because it's like, okay, I understand this is wrestling, but at the same, at the same point, um, you know, you, you can't be doing this shit to, to Roman Reigns of all people. This doesn't make him look like a chicken shit heel. It just makes him look like a chicken shit. And, and there's a difference between the two. You know what I mean? I understand you're trying to be different, but this was a swing and a massive miss. And so, okay, so uh, what are you going to give this pay-per-view? I'm, I'm going to give it a 6.2. A okay. What would you give it? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm around that same area because, like I was saying, I was, like, in and out of this show from beginning to end. I tried to get into it. Like, I started with the kickoff. I tried to get into it at the start of the show, and then that shot of Flair, Lexibus matches. I completely That's- get it, my friend. I completely understand. All right, so uh, now we move on to Monday Night Raw. From, oh Columbus, from Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, Columbus, Ohio. He's being facetious because Elio Canella is not as stupid as Jimmy Smith. It, it was not. It was not Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio was Sunday night at Extreme Rules. We're in Cincinnati. 
For Monday Night Raw. I mean, at, at, the, at the Heritage Bank Center. This is, you know, I mean, I understand it was an oversight, so I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily throwing them, but you know, it's just, it's little things like that that just make you look stupid. But but uh, 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 before we get into Raw, I gotta ask you: Did you see this band list? They have the list of word band words. No. Apparently, they added Raleigh, North Carolina to that list. Why is that? Because Raleigh, Raleigh is not as prestigious a place. So anytime they're in a lesser known um, state, they just say, we're the university of whatever state they're in. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. <sighs> I, 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 yeah, I forget. I forget where I saw the list, but there's a there's there's a lot of ridiculous words on that list. You're not allowed to say. You're not allowed to say headshots. This is this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> okay, so what do you got for uh, Monday Night Raw? So I think I think you're going to be very proud of me because you're going to hear a very balanced approach to Monday Night Raw criticism. Okay. Because overall, I thought that this was one of the better Monday Night Raws we've had in a while, based on how it played off of the Extreme Rules pay-per-view we had on Sunday. Okay. I would even go as far as to say that this episode of Monday Night Raw was more extreme than the actual Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Um, and I will um, and I will back up that claim by saying, um, you know, they did a wonderful job um, playing off of the main theme of the show uh, on Monday night, which was, which was going to be the face-off between uh, Bobby Lashley and Big E. Right, because Biggie um, was really pissing off Bobby Lashley because um, because of the way he cashed in the Money in the Bank um, uh, contract on him, you know. And it's not as if you know Biggie did anything that hasn't been done since two thousand five with the Money in the Bank contract, but it's just. I think it. I think Bobby Lashley's anger over the situation played off better uh, in his case because Bobby uh, just just um, you know embodies that intensity and the legitimate the legitimacy of being an ass kicker. So the fact that he got sideswiped by um, by the Money in the Bank contract. Um, really played into to hit to him and his promo being delivered better than somebody that was that was just very irritated that they lost their title. Um, so that played off a little bit differently. And as you'll recall, um, if you watched the show on Sunday night. Uh, both Bobby and uh, Biggie agreed that 
Um, their face-off for the WWE Championship would kick off Monday Night Raw at 8 o'clock. And so it started out um, that that was what was going to happen. They played a, a video package uh, recapping everything from uh, two weeks ago where um, where Biggie originally cashed in the contract. Uh, and and they play and they played footage from uh, the Extreme Rules uh, Face Off the Six Man Tag. They did a really good job of uh, setting that up. And then we actually got into um, the match, which which was going very well. Um, this was this was a. Uh, the, this this was a very uh, good match getting started in and of itself, um, and then uh, it, it ended up it ended up being a ten minute uh, being a ten minute match to start off the show, but it it got derailed because all of a sudden Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander come out to ringside wearing the Hurt Business t-shirts. Yeah, Hurt Business is that. Yes. And that is something that I very much enjoy because I was, um, you know, because if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I was extremely pissed off when the Hurt Business um, was disbanded by Vince McMahon for apparently no reason. Um, but I'm very happy that they are back together now. I think it might be uh, too little too late at this point because, I, as I mentioned earlier, I would have preferred a bigger story um, for, for Big E to eventually win his first WWE championship, and I think the New Day versus the Hurt Business would have been the right way to do that. Um, but... Um, but I'm not really going to complain under any circumstances of the her business being back. I just wish it had played off a little bit differently. Um, now, now once the hurt business comes out, um, in pretty short order, here comes Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods to to stop them from interfering in the match. Unfortunately, their um, their uh, fight from ringside spills into the ring, and it ends in a disqualification. And originally, I was really pissed off because they were very delayed in bringing out um, Adam Pierce. So I was like, "Well, they're not going to end it like this." But then again, they were, like I said, they were very delayed with the follow up. So I was like, oh, God. And then here comes uh, Adam Pierce to, um, to set up the main event in um, a steel cage for the purposes of keeping the Hurt Business and the New Day from getting involved. Now, unfortunately, that didn't work out exactly the way that Adam Pierce wanted it to, but it, it set up a fantastic theme for the rest of the show. And I, I enjoyed how they bookended um, the ma- the evening with the the, the biggest uh, theme of the night being the WWE Championship because 
I'll tell you what, this this situation made made Raw feel important, and that is something that has been uh, missing from the Monday Night Raw product for quite a long time. Um, so I appreciated that. Unfortunately, uh, the momentum did not last into match number two. Oh, no. Because it was Angel Garza versus Eric of the Viking Raiders. They totally just ruined this team, the Viking Raiders. They- okay, okay. Now, now remember, remember when I mentioned um, when we were going over the Extreme Rules pay-per-view how good Street Profits versus the Usos was? Mm-hmm. This was the exact opposite because this this match even oh, this though turned, was, in, it turned into a tag team. No, 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 no. But just let me make my point. Okay. So this this match right here, Angel Garza versus Eric, illustrates the drastic differences in approach to tag team wrestling because you can have such a good match with the Usos and. Um, and the Street Profits, and then you have you have two talents such as Angel Garza and Eric, who should be in main event level uh, situations um, because of how good they are, but instead they're in mid card bullshit that lasts a minute and fifty seconds. What? what I mean. Okay, I'm I'm gonna play I'm gonna play devil's advocate here again. Just call me Paul Heyman for this podcast. Okay. Um, but uh, but do you remember like in, in in NXT like how badass the you know the Viking Raiders were? I mean, do you remember in like ROH how bad? Badass, you know the war machine was. I mean, yep. you know, I, I mean these guys were killers, and the matches that they were having, you know, in NXT um, was just fantastic. And now they're reduced to this bullshit, and I really, I really just don't understand it. And it, it really illustrates the issues that I have. With tag team wrestling, and yes, thank you, Elio. I am a wise man. You should listen to me, and I hope that WWE and the entire internet wrestling community is listening to the PNC Progression Wrestling podcast at this exact second because tag team wrestling should not be getting treated like this. It needs to be treated like the Street Profits and the Usos were treated. Extreme rules because that is a rarity in WWE. And you might ask yourself, well, this was a singles match. Why are we talking about tag team wrestling? Because these two individuals, Angel Garza and Eric, could be the prime examples of tag team wrestling working very well if they go in, in the anticipated direction with Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, and and if they actually put the War Raiders back in a serious tag team, but but now 
for for years on end now because you you'll you'll remember the um the feud that uh, the street profits had with the war raiders that ended with chicken legs and basketball hey that was bad you know i mean what the fuck is going on you know, I mean, bring back the NXT War Raiders. I don't want, you know, I don't want anything to do with this. And this match between Angel Garza and Eric was giving me flashbacks of the bullshit. You know how long this match was? It, let me look. I believe. No, no, no. I, I, I have it. I'm just asking. Well, I, I have it up, but unfortunately, I'm looking at your face and I'm not looking at the Raw card. It was a minute and 50 seconds, and I I just couldn't care less. Speaking of not caring less, and I would like to officially, officially add this segment as the lowest of the low points on Monday Night Raw. Ricochet, I could just cry. I can't believe I'm going I. I can't believe I have to say this on this podcast. I have a question first before you go. Yeah. This is a 24-7 championship. So there, there's no rules, right? Well, apparently. So how does Ricochet lose by disqualification? <laughs> well, well, and that's a very good question. The the explanation that was given was during the actual match. The rules of the 24-7 division were suspended, which made no sense because it was a 24-7 championship match. So how can the rules revolving around that belt be suspended in a 24-7 championship match? What? So so that's one problem. What? Yes. Yes, Baruch. What? We are taking you to fucking school because you are a fucking nincompoop <laughs> with the brain of a paramecium. And in case you've forgotten from, from last week's episode, a paramecium is a one-celled organism with no brain, bitch. Good Lord. Okay, so, so that brings me to my point. And you can tell that I'm already angry because I'm ranting like a bitch before I even tell you what the match is. Ricochet, I could just, like I said, I could just weep. Ricochet versus Reggie in a 24-7 championship match. Period. Now, let's reflect on the pain and the misery that was caused by me uttering the previous sentence. Ricochet versus Reggie in a 24-7 championship match. But it gets, it gets even better. Oh, uh, yes. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't beat me to the punchline. No, go ahead. I'm going gonna, to give it to him saying it gets even better. <laughs> well, thank God you're being facetious. Otherwise, I would have to kick you off of this show. Because the man that used to be the baddest of all badasses on NXT, Ricochet, has been reduced to 24-7 championship matches with, Re- with Reggie from Cirque du Soleil. I don't give a, a freaking fuck. 
So, this actual mess lasts for a minute and 21 seconds. And if you thought the pain was over after a minute and 21 seconds, as Elio alluded to, I have to shatter that illusion because it continued. Because here come, here come, you know, Drake Maverick and our truth and Akira Tozawa and, 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 you know, Drew Gulak. Remember, Tozawa was a ninja. I'm getting to it, Professor. Thank you. Um, for the refresher course. Okay. So here, so here comes Drew, you know, our truth to Drake Maverick. And they're at ringside for this. And they don't want to wait till the match is over. No, no, no. They want to start it now. So then they jump in and apparently the, 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 the bell starts ringing for whatever reason. I don't know because this is the 24-7 championship match. There are no rules in this situation. So so technically this match shouldn't even be taking place in ring because when was the last time the 24-7 title was decided in ring? It, it, that's not what this championship is. Hell, it's not even a championship. It's a fucking prop. Are we paying attention? Are we taking diligent notes, Elio? Because this rand is fucking gold. Anyway, um, you know, so here comes the walkie-talkie after it appears that Reggie has fallen off everybody and is going to escape backstage and re- retain his his championship, right? Now, here comes the ninja. God, I never thought I never thought I would I, I would I would want vanilla ice to appear in a segment so much. The only thing not, don't miss the punchline now. You ready for this? The, the only way that this segment would have been entertaining, ladies and gentlemen is if Vanilla Ice came out to ringside with the ninja Akira Tozawa and started singing the theme from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Other than that, (laughs) I don't want to see Akira Tozawa. How he still has a job in WWE after Nick Khan got in control I will I will never be able to understand, okay? Samoa Joe was released from WWE and Akira Tozawa still has a job. How does that fucking happen? How? Help me understand. So let's let's go back to to the point. 24-7 championship. Eventually this segment ends, and it w- and and we no longer have to see the twenty four seven title on this edition of Monday Night Raw. Elio, can we burn the twenty four seven championship in a fucking trash can, please? Okay. Can we do that? Okay. We're, we're going. We're going to make our own. I mean, I mean, 
you're better at design than I am. I've, I've seen your movie posters. They are tremendous. We are going to burn. I want you to design this movie poster. We are going to burn the 24-7 championship in a, a poster to, to represent the way we want the 24-7 title to die. It needs to go up in fucking flames, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? Because this is Monday Night Raw. And as much as WWE likes to paint the picture, oh, it's for the children. The children. Oh, the children enjoy seeing Reggie on TikTok. You know how I was reminded of that? Elio, let me tell you that story as well, because okay. it's it's story time and I have to make this show entertaining. More entertaining than a 24-7 championship. Hey, so many weeks ago, before the bullshittery untold. We get a, a news story that pops up on my computer. It says that Kobe Kingston's children really like Reggie now because he, they saw him on TikTok jumping over the rope because he, he does this Cirque du Soleil bullshit, okay? I couldn't care less. But because of this and many other things and, and Reggie getting millions of views on TikTok, side note, I don't give a shit about TikTok. Another side note, I don't give a shit about social media. It's all, it, it's all irrelevant bullshit um, that I just, uh, it, it just, it makes me lose IQ points thinking about the stupidity of social media and WWE's obsession with getting mainstream attention on social media. I don't give a single solitary shit about social media or WWE's usage of it. Okay? But for some reason, this got millions of views, and this man really likes Reggie, and he highlighted the, the fact that it got millions of views. So this is why we're dealing with Reggie as 24-7 title uh, material. My head is about to explode from the stupidity of what I'm about to of what I've had to explain to you over the last five or so minutes. The fact that I made an entertaining rant. Actually, let me take a poll, a one-person poll. Elio, did you find my rant regarding Reggie and the 24-7 championship entertaining? Yes. <laughs> yes. Then I accomplished my goal for the evening because I entertained a person more than the WWE 24-7 championship has a right to do so. You know, they should have aborted that championship. And I said aborted on purpose. The real word is abolished, but I wanted a, a more aggressive word because that's how that's how 
suckish this championship is. They should have gotten rid of that after Edge said he didn't consider it a championship on Talking Smack. After that, I mean, how can you bury a title any further than have a WWE Hall of Famer say, I don't acknowledge that as a championship, but yet the fans that watch it on television are supposed to take the WWE 24-7 title seriously, even when it's not defended in a fucking match. Huh? I mean, really, the stupidity of what we're getting on Monday Night Raw is staggering. And for the purpose of not losing any more IQ points than I already have to by discussing this, we're going to move on to the next segment of Monday Night Raw. Sound like a good plan, Elio? Sorry? Does it sound like a good plan to build That sounds like a great plan. Let's go. I'm I'm, I'm looking at the notes in the next match. Oh, very good. Good Lord. So then we, we finally get some reprieve from the pain in what was the absolute highlight of the night. This match was awesome. Damien Priest versus Sheamus for the United States Championship. Mm -hmm. Now, some may complain because we just saw a version of this last night, and usually I'd be right there with you. But this match was fantastic. You know, I, I have not... I don't think I've ever been more impressed with Sheamus in his entire career. The The run of matches that he's had since he got out of that disastrous feud with Jeff Hardy has been tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Did you know, he have his mask? Yes. And then, and then it got knocked off. And then, you know um, Sheamus is? Seamus is Bob Orton. Yeah, I mean, he gets better with age, man. I mean, no, I know. You know how long Bob Orton had that cast? This mask is Seamus's cast. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, um, I mean, Seamus can do no wrong here. And if you're gonna, um, if you're gonna go back and look at any points of Monday Night Raw, then it needs to start with this match and then end with the main event, which we're going to get to in a minute. And of course, um, we need um, we need to sandwich the good shit in between two pieces of absolute horse shit business on Monday Night Raw because the next the next segment was Jinder Mahal. Veer and Shanky against Mustafa Ali, Mansur, and Jeff Hardy. I don't care. Yeah, this sounded terrible. I'm, I'm looking at it now. The, this matchup, uh, just, just like reading those names, terrible. Uh, well, yes, absolutely. And so the next match was Riddle versus AJ Styles. And listen to me, uh, people. You will never hear me complain about Riddle's, Riddle and AJ Styles in a one-on-one situation. 
Um, I think we've seen this match about nine separate times uh, since WrestleMania. Um, that's just a conservative estimate. Um, but I can't knock it because it was holy shit good. I mean, this thing was tremendous. I can't even describe this match. I mean, you, you, know, you just have to go back and take a look at it. And see, and see, so this is what upsets me, um, in a way, because you have, you have consistently good wrestling on last night's edition of Monday Night Raw, where the in-ring product, by and large, between the three matches that I've mentioned, ha- have been fantastic. You know, you had... Riddle and he had Riddle and AJ, Damian Priest and Sheamus, and the the main event, which we'll get into in a minute. Fantastic matches, but yet the storylines suck. And you ask us why we complain about Monday Night Raw being the worst show on television, and and this illustrates why because you you have this level of talent. And yet you're producing the storylines that you're producing. Okay, because the next two segments are Piper Niven, I shall not call her Dewdrop because it sucks, versus Charlotte Flair in an absolute eye roll of a match. That was <laughs> terrific. I like Oh. <laughs> Okay, ladies and gentlemen, pardon my language on this next uh, part. Elio, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you missing some brain cells? No. Has Charlotte Flair, the robot, made you this stupid? (laughs) Go ahead. I thought I thought I saw she based on take out Eva Marie again last night. Oh, but that That, was thank goodness. That was incredible. That was one of the high points of the show. No, that, that, was, mean, that was bad. How did the uh, Piper Niven get a title match with Charlotte Flair? That, uh, that, that uh, was terrible, that match. I don't know. But then, God, it was only a minute and, and 47 seconds long. Yeah. Holy shit. And then, as if the evening could get any worse from that statement in the 24-7 segment, we had... Goldberg joining us via satellite. No. Okay. And this was was terrible for many reasons. One, because I don't care about it. Two, because I don't care about fucking Goldberg in 2021. Please leave us alone. Uh, Number three, because the match between Goldberg and Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam sucked. Number four, because I don't need to see a 15-year-old Gage Goldberg get involved and try to choke out uh, a former MMA champion and a U.S. Marine in Bobby Lashley. Are they going to give Goldberg another match at this next show that I will not yeah, name? Yes. I will not name. Why? Yes, that was the entire point of this segment. Because he's, they're, it's going to be Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg at, at the show that shall not be named. 
And the, the worst part of this entire segment wasn't even a spoken part, okay? Because, because in the background of, of this shot, they were in Goldberg's house. They ha- there was a picture of Gage Goldberg as a baby being held on his father's arm face down right so you see the you see the famous goldberg tattoo and you see and you see um gage goldberg laying on his stomach on his father's arm which which wouldn't be that bad in and of itself but yet you have i forgot to mention gage goldberg is naked and so all you're seeing is this baby's ass as as Goldberg is trying to cut this promo on Bobby Lashley. What is going on? And I am I am literally <laughs> bursting at the seams, laughing my ass off. What is going because on? How is anybody supposed to take that seriously? Um so and then and then after this, of course. That's where we get uh, Shayna's beat down on Eva Marie, which was awesome. And the main the main event, which was a steel cage match between um, Bobby Lashley and Biggie, was fantastic. Um, it and it would appear um, that Lashley is done as a um, top of the card. Um, um, you know, wrestler because I think, I think that his, um, I think that his title reign uh, is not coming back anytime soon, and and that that may be the final ado for uh, Bobby Lashley as a main event competitor. Not that not that I necessarily want to see that happen because I think uh, the her business uh, could do very well in a main event spotlight. Um, but given given the fact that Biggie is clearly the guy now, or at least that's the goal, I don't see Bobby Lashley being back in a uh, in a title uh, scenario. Given that he has now lost um, in three separate title matches, two of which took place on this edition of Monday Night Raw. And with that being said, um, that ends our Monday Night Raw review, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. That was a great review. That the, the rants were hilarious. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I I have to find a way to 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 bring us some enjoyment on these shows. Hey, so Ben, we're going back in time now. Absolutely. We're going to nine back to nineteen eighty-three for some Southwest Championship Wrestling from Texas. Very nice. And let's take a look at what we have here. So our first match, let me just pull these up here. Our first match is Eric Embry defeating Heron Henry Garcia. Have you ever heard of uh Eric Embry. No. Okay, he was a big name in the 80s. Uh, I heard of him. I'd never seen him before, so I 
didn't even know about him. And then we had a video package highlighting the Scott Casey Abdullah the Butcher feud. Hey, Scott Casey must have been a big deal at some point. He was a big name in Southwest Championship Wrestling. He was like one of the, okay, you know how Bobby Lashley's been like the top guy for the longest time? Yeah. That's Scott Casey in 1983 in Southwest Championship. Cool. He was like the Bobby Lashley of that time. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I I appreciate that. Next, we had six-man tag team action. We had Kim Timms, Sheep Herder Luke Williams, and Tully Blanchard defeating Relump Bacoleon, El Falcon, and Randy Haskins. Well, any any team that has Tully Blanchard on it has to be the heel team. Okay, question. Ever trivia question, because I didn't even know this. Tully Blanchard, Canadian or American? Canadian. I didn't. I, I like. Uh, maybe I'd. Uh, I'd seen this more, but then I. I forgot about it until I saw it again. I'm like, well, it's right. Yeah, because um, because I remember specifically um, they were interviewing uh, Tully. Um, they, no, they were interviewing um, Magnum TA about his uh, stepdaughter. Um, uh, being Tessa Blanchard and. Um, and um, he had mentioned Canadian several times. Oh, so uh, Tessa Blanchard is Magnum stepdaughter. Yeah. Wow. See, wrestling was messed up back then. Everyone was like uh, partnered up with everyone. <laughs> yeah. Like Dusty Rose and Cherry Sags are related. Bringing Dusty Rose and Tugboat. Yeah, I mean, that's just oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I forget how Jerry Sags is related to him. I think him, he's, I think he's, uh, like, the uncle, nephew or to Dusty. Let me, let me look that up. Continue with your, uh, with your card. Yeah, we should, look, we should do a, an episode, like, on our wrestling families. Yeah, I think that'd be fun, too. All right, then we had an interview with Tully Blanchard, and he was uh, talking about his feud with Tiger Kong Lee. Sorry, uh, I typed that wrong. The autocorrect typed that in. It's actually Tiger Conway Jr. So that was a mistype. Then we uh, have- so, so, okay, so I just looked it up. Um, Sags is a sister in law was married to a Dusty. Okay, all right. Yeah. Oh, you see that that right there? That's so weird. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I think uh, you, you wouldn't think that like Dusty and Jerry Sykes would be related, <laughs> right? No, not at all. So then yeah, El Perez defeated Tiger Conway Jr. by disqualification. We had Exotic Adrian Street on this episode defeating Apollo Estrada. <laughs> That's funny. But you, you, you have to watch Grunt. I'm telling you. It's a, look it up, find a way to watch it, but that, that's one movie you should at least watch at least once. Let me look it up while you're doing that. Grunt, the wrestling movie. 
Then we had Bobby Jaggers. He was another big name in Southwest. He teamed up with Buddy Marino to defeat Dusty Wood and and Ali Bay the Turk. Oh, good lord! These names are they're, they're knee slappers, I tell you. And then we had our version of, I guess you could call it a Survivor Series match, uh, not a match in itself, but. Specifically, uh, the promos leading up to the match, it's the People's Army versus the Commonwealth Army. Oh, God. The Commonwealth Army was comprised of Ken Timms Jr., Tully Blanchard, and the Sheep Herders, while the People's Army was comprised of Al Perez, Bobby Jaggers, Buddy Marino, Apollo Estrada, Roland de Goleon, and Scott Casey. There's Sky Casey again. <laughs> Telling you, Sky, him and Bobby, him and Bobby Jaggers, the two big names in Southwest at that time. Good lord. <laughs> All right. So um and we and uh next week we'll take a look at at the next uh Southwest show, which was shorter. It had like four matches. Cool. Very good. All right, now Ben, where are you? Are you? Have, did you look up that movie? Yeah. And what do you got? Um. Oh, let me let me get back to a hold on. Okay, here it is. Um. So yeah, it, it definitely seems like something I need to check out. It just seems interesting. It, the me okay. The music is is so. It's so 1980s. It's the music is done by Exotic Adrian Street because he was a singer in the 70s. He actually put out two albums that are available on Spotify. Oh God! So it just yeah, if you can find a way to watch that, just check it out. If you have to watch at least once, and the other one is All the Marbles with the, which was the women's wrestling tag team uh, movie. Oh, that was another one. Right. Um, okay, fans, we'll be right back. I'm just going to take a quick pause for the next segment. All right, fans, we are going to play Wrestling Roulette. I'm going to play five seconds of a song. My co-host is going to guess which wrestler it is. Okay, Are right, cool. you ready? Yes, I am. All right, here's the first one. Let me just adjust the volume here. Here's the first one. World's largest love machine. This well, uh, well, I knew I, I knew who it was before he said his name. Obviously, Vesera. <laughs> Vesera. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Hit row. Oh, I didn't hear that. It even said in the beginning, hit row. Yeah, well, okay. That was lame. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. (laughs) 
what the fuck was his name? Oh, shit. Um, he sounded like he could have either like Coco Beware or like Skinner or something. What do you, what do you, you have anything? I'm gonna say Skinner. Umaga. Uh, yeah, that didn't sound anything like his name. That's weird. It's all, it's called Tribal Trouble off of Voices of Music, Running Nine. Whoa. I couldn't hear that one. Sorry? I couldn't hear that one. Oh, you didn't hear this last next one? Okay, let no. me play it again. Still can't hear it. Oh, okay, let me. One more time. Okay. Um. Yeah, I have no idea. Drake Maverick. Yeah, I, I would never guess that. So that, I believe that's three, four, no, four that we got, that we played, right? Yeah, I, I got one. Okay. Oh, so three that we, that you got, you didn't get one that you did get. Okay. Yeah. Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin. The from, gold standard, Shelton Benjamin. From, from the music volume eight. Have you ever heard the CD? No, not the CD. Neither have I. Uh, I don't know. All right, next. What do we got? Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. That's, that's three. Three. You didn't get in three. So you're at three and three. Okay. Oh, please. Well, I can assure you, I don't suck because that's Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. I don't, I don't suck. That's the title of the song. <laughs> exactly. It's off of the anthology CD. It was China. Oh God! This was, uh, yeah, this was an instrumental version of uh, "Who I Am." It's off of the Uncaged uh, CD, Volume Ten. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that version. Uh, I think these are all the unreleased uh, just themes. I didn't hear anything. Oh, okay. Let me. Still didn't hear anything. Mm 
That's the Swedish with a lot of that. But um, when I play, does it cut out? Or can you actually hear, like, clear? I, I can hear some of them clearly and some of them cut out, but there's no way I would have gotten that one because I okay. could barely hear it. Uh, play it again because it cut out. Yeah, I have no idea. That's Sam Greco from WCW. Yeah, I've never even heard of him. I, you never heard of him, neither have I. But every time, no. uh, yeah. We, we won't count that one. Oh, okay, yeah, what do we have? How many are we up to? I think that's, uh, I think that's eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah, didn't hear that one either. You know what? I'm going to try and take my headphones out. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I suck at this game, apparently. That's Lex Luger. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have got that. Was that, um, was that um during his narcissistic? That was from, from WCW. It's a total package. That's weird. Play it again. Uh, sounded like a diva scene, but I couldn't tell you who. What, do you have any guesses? I'm going to say Kelly Kelly. Maurice. Oh, that, okay. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Play it again for me. We're up to nine themes, right? Yeah. Actually, ten. These are incredibly difficult. I have no idea. That is Orange Cassidy's theme. Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't like a lot of AEW themes. Like, that's why you said this would be easy, but I told you there's AEW themes in here. I didn't even get any a lot of these. I've played this before and I didn't even get there were so many I didn't get. Yeah, I, clearly I saw. So <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Come on. Okay, you want me to play it again? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Flash Funk. <laughs> Flash Funk. That was terrible. A- AKA Two Cold Scorpio. That was so bad. Yeah, yeah. I definitely preferred him as Two Cold. Okay, what do you have for a score? Uh, I think I've gotten five minus six. All right, so you're not doing too bad. So that's 11 that we've gone through. Yeah. No, we already, we already had this guy. This doesn't count. That was Orange Cassidy's AEW thing. Can you hear what I say? What? <laughs> let, me play the, let me play it again because I can't even believe it. I don't even remember this one. Here we go. Yeah, I have no idea. That is Kofi Kingston. What? what? Yeah, that sounds nothing like his theme. <laughs> that, I don't remember him ever using that. No, I don't either. I don't think we should count that. I, I don't, because I would recognize his Jamaican one that he actually used. Huh? Okay, that, that one will be okay. That one all right, let's see what you have then. So that's, uh, we're still at five and six. Yeah. To Jerry? No. Who was it? This is Seamus. It is a bonus track off of the Volume 5 music. Uh, yeah, don't count that one because I don't think he ever used it because I would recognize uh, Seamus. <laughs> Do you have a guess? Yeah, no bullshit. That is a very good theme, though. If you listen to the little thing, that's very good. Um, the Usos. You so yes, you're you're at six and six. Okay. Play it again and cut out. That's because stupid bleach report notification uh grading NXC two point oh. All right, here we go. I have no idea. That is Mike Awesome. This WCW theme. Yeah, I I I only saw <laughs> him in WCW like once or twice. Yeah, yeah, that seventies that guy gimmick. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> My favorite wrestler of all time, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio, yes. This is off of the reckless intent. <coughs> okay, we're up to 14, right? Yeah. All right, here we go, number 15. Uh, 
Play, play, play one more time. Okay. Sounds like a Stone Cold Steve Austin remix. Stone Cold Steve Austin off of Uncaged for Volume 14. It's Bionic Rattlesnake. Yeah. Damn. Okay. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, I'm not always stupid. Randy Orton. <laughs> Randy Orton. What are we up, we're up to? Wait. 17. 73 more. We have three more, then we're then we're bringing the show to an end. Yep. All right. Here we go. That was a very weird remix. I don't think I've ever heard that version of it before. Maybe it had Sherry Martell on it, but that was uh that was Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, since it was off of WB, the volume, the music volume two. Yeah, that must have been an early remix, bro. All right, here we go. Next one. This is volume number 18. Okay. Well, play it one more time for me. One more time. Yeah. This is going to sound really weird, but is that a Stephanie McMahon remix? No, it is not. It is a woman, but it is an AEW theme. Um. Oh, my God. Holy crap. Don't tell me that's Nyla Rose. No, it is not. Thank God. Hers is worse. <laughs> okay. Who is it? It is Kylan King. There, there, okay, there's no way in hell I would have got that. I know it said King, but there's no, no way in hell because I don't watch Dark. Okay, so you are in number one to 19. We have two more, one more to go after this one. Okay. Here we go, number 19. Oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna be kicking myself. Uh fuck. Was that um Ezekiel Jackson? No, it is not. Who was it? It is a weird theme that I don't believe I ever heard. But this was Billy Kidman off of the thematic CD. All right. Well, okay. We're gonna do two more. That that one doesn't count. I've never heard that before in my life. <laughs> Neither have I. Like, <laughs> <laughs> two two more. Let's go. Play it again, but turn it up. Okay. Uh, I have it all the way up. Okay. Just play it again. Oh, God. I have no idea. That is AEW. That is Shazza McKenzie or Shlandra Royal. 
Yeah, oh my god, she hasn't been on there in like fucking a year. Alright. Okay, well, we have to do two more because, come on. But at least uh, this is good, so now you know for next week. Now you know for Saturday when we do this again. Oh, this is going to be a recurring theme. Okay, all right. Well, clearly I suck. No way, that's the Hall of Fame theme. That's the Usos from the Hall of Fame. That doesn't count. Chris, here I go. Break the wall down. Chris, or break the walls down. Okay, this is the last one. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. I, I'm going to say it's a diva's theme, but I don't know who. You want to take a guess? She's not in, she's not in WWE anymore. She used to be in the company. Ivory? No. Who is it? Cameron. Oh, fuck me. When when did she ever come out as a single? Jesus Christ. Is that that what? She had a theme. Don't you remember? No, I'm sure she did, but I I don't ever recall her coming out as a singles competitor. Didn't she ever? I remember. I, I think I think I saw her like once or twice. Yeah, maybe I. I think uh, when well, when they broke up, her and Naomi. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I because because the only theme I ever associated with her was the Funkadactyls. Oh yeah, well this one is called "Girl by." Oh God. Well, apparently she went bye bye very quickly. Okay, well, no, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I didn't do awful. I got that, like, I was twenty, and I, you got how many out of them? I think I got like twelve. Twelve out of twenty is not bad. Yeah. So, what do you think of this new segment here? I love it. So we're gonna do this song again on Saturday. Uh, like I said, I I'm gonna keep adding more because. Cause like I, I'm always like finding one or two that I didn't, that I noticed I don't have in there, so I should add them in. Oh, very good. Okay. Like well, let me, was... let me see what I, what do I have here? I have. It says. Nine hundred and twelve tracks. Oh God! What do you <laughs> what do you do all day? <laughs> what do I do all day when I'm not uh, pulling? Uh, Podcasts off of uh, YouTube and uh, saving them to the USBs. Exactly. That's what I do. I listen to my I listen to music and basically, uh, yeah, and I do my movie posters. You need to get a tattoo or something. You need to go out and get tattooed. Or- yeah, I've already been out. I finally got to go back to the library. It was so fun. Oh, I thought, I thought you stopped going to the library because they had no, no, the one, the one in Toronto. I stopped going to. I'm talking about the one here that's like uh, 15 minutes away from my house. They're they're open again. Oh, cool! Very but, nice. Uh, it was it was uh, good to finally get back out there. Very good. Yeah, yeah I'm not going a... back to the Toronto one. I'm done. Yeah, but the one that's 15 minutes away—that's the one with all your friends, right? 
Yeah, the at, at the front desk where as soon as I walk in, they all know me. And they're all like, "Hi, Elio." <laughs> like, geez, what? Yeah, yeah, cool. cool. <laughs> Which is what they did uh, when I went in on us on a Saturday. Cool. All right. So, let's oh. you bring the show to a close? Very good. This seemed like a, a more reasonable length. Yep. So, what do I have here? I have. Two hours, 48 seconds. Well, it'll be shorter than that, but... No. Yeah, no, I'm saying that's how... Because, remember, even um, when it's paused or even uh, when we're looking up stuff, the timer still runs here. Okay, well, still a pretty good, decent length of a show. Yeah, uh, this is good. Um, So... Uh, we are we got big changes coming on the other show, and uh, so I'm not going to say anything right now because we're still working on that. But Ben, it's um, it's been great hanging out here, talking extreme roles and raw, and getting through all the crap with and entertaining ourselves, Absolutely. which was more enjoyable than some of what we saw. Yes, and, and this was a nice warm-up for uh, Saturday, which will be a historic show, ladies and gentlemen. I know you don't like to count shows uh, sometimes, Elio, but uh, this one you definitely, definitely want to remember because Saturday will be episode 150. Jeez, 150. How do yeah. I ever survive 150 episodes? What's going on? I don't know, man. Maybe you're a little sick in the head. <laughs> but then again, uh, then again, if you are, I am. But before we get too down on ourselves, play our goddamn outro, because we are indeed the greatest showman on Earth. All right, very good. The uh, fans who talked to you on Sunday, Ben, say goodnight to the fans. I thought I already did, but a do-a-do. So we come these renegades.